UFC 293 is coming up this weekend, and we've got a nice little card ahead of us. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is not the best card that we've gotten this year. We have been blessed by Dana White with some very, very shocking cards, uh, some very stacked cards, and also a few cards where we thought that the stars had aligned and then the injury bug hit us. But we've had some incredible moments this year. Okay, let's get started with that. We've had some amazing moments. John Jones, the GOAT, he finally made his return at heavyweight, though. He went up against Cyril Gaon, the guy that we thought was going to be dominating that division for years to come. And in, what, about two, three minutes, he chokes him out. Which is just incredible. Just solidifies why he is the scariest man on the planet. Um, Derek Lewis? Yeah, you haven't heard that name in a while. He threw a flying knee and it actually worked. On that same card, we had the BMF belt. Yeah, that made a comeback. I still don't know how to feel about it, but the BMF belt was there. Uh, Justin Gaethje actually won that with a head kick against Dustin Poirier, knocked him out. Beautiful leg kick, not leg kick, sorry, beautiful head kick. But that was a very, very good moment. Um, let's see, what else did we have? We have Volk just showing why he is the best at 145. That guy's terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. Valentina Shevchenko lost her belt, which just doesn't get enough credit, honestly. And even recently, Sugar Sean O'Malley. This man used his Dana White privilege of getting all these easy fights, all these fights that, you know, we thought, oh, this guy's a bum. This guy should not be fighting him. And he used all those fights and he learned from each one. He finally makes it to go fight Aljo at 135. Aljermaine being, in my opinion, the best 135er that we have seen since Connor, maybe even better. And Aljo also being super unpopular. This time, the fans are actually rallying behind Sugar Sean, which, I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of people were kind of booing him just because he had the easy route. But against Aljermaine, yeah, everyone rallied behind him. Sugar Sean snipes him in the second round, takes the title. But now we're on to UFC 293. Now, this one is taking place in the land down under Sydney, Australia. This one's headlined by the style bender. Israel Adesanya, and he'll be taking on Sean Strickland for that light heavyweight belt that he just won back. Um, Izzy, that is, winning back the belt. So they'll be fighting at 205. And then this card also has on Tai Tuivasa, who will be taking on Alexander Volkov, which it's a very, very interesting fight. We're going to get into it soon, I promise. My name is Fred, and welcome to Fight Night with Fred. Um, today we are going to be taking a look at my five favorite fights on this card. We're going to dissect each one. I'm going to make my predictions. I'm also going to give you guys a little bit of gambling advice just to keep you on your toes. And then at the very end, we are going to take all my gambling advice. We're going to make a parlay from it. I will put my money where my mouth is. Is this a good decision financially? We will find out. I really hope it is. I need that money, guys. Um, but yes, yeah, so for all the odds that I'm using, I'm going through Caesar's Sportsbook. This is a very trusted sportsbook. A lot of major media outlets use this when they show the odds on national television. 
However, I do want you guys to know that odds are subject to change, okay? I'm recording this on a Wednesday night. That fight is on Saturday. We've got a lot of time. A lot of bad things can happen. Uh, a lot of good things can happen as well. But still, things will change. And also, if you go through a different sports book, I mean, I can't guarantee you that it's going to be the same odds. Anyways, let's get into this. All right, so that first fight that I'm going to be taking a look at today is actually on the prelims. Carlos Uberg versus Da Anjan. So, this one's pretty interesting, okay? Carlos used to be a kickboxer. Um, he's won his last three fights by either knockout or TKO. He's got a nice little 8-1 record. Um, he did get knocked out in... I believe it was his fight, four fights ago, actually. But he was dominating that fight, and then he just got caught late, fell asleep on the canvas. Um, he's got very good killer, like, incredible footwork. Um, and he's also very good at keeping range. You know, he doesn't really have the best reach advantage. So he's really good at slipping in close, getting a few shots, and then getting back to a safe distance. However, the very rare time that he does have the reach advantage... He's pretty darn good at keeping that distance. So he can just snipe the guy from way back and not take too many good shots. Dao Unzhong is the younger guy here. He's 29. However, he does have an inch and a half reach advantage and also that inch and a half height advantage. Um, he is a lot more experienced though. He went on a 16-0 win streak in the UFC to start with. Um, but the thing is, he's kind of hit a rough patch, you know? He's lost his last two fights, one by knockout, and then the last one by unanimous decision. However, he is a scary good wrestler, okay? He can take you down, he will tucker you out, and he can also shut the lights off on the feet, you know? This guy, he's a very versatile fighter. Uh, now, this one, it's between two younger guys, as we can tell, and they both have that solid one-punch power, which is always really interesting to watch, you know, because you just know that one guy can just shut out the lights just like that. However, Zhang clearly has that advantage on the ground, but as everyone says, every fight starts on the feet. Now, I don't really expect this fight to make it to a decision, no matter what happens. Um, I feel like if Zhang wins, it's going to be by submission. However, I feel like Uberg is a very very safe bet to go with here. I mean, he's coming in at minus 270. Um, Dong Zhang is a nice plus 220 underdog. I'm going to have my money on Uber winning by knockout. And I mean, yeah, anything can happen. That is the beauty of mixed martial arts. But really, I just don't know if Dong Zhang is going to be in that same headspace as Uber and if he's on that same level right now. So I'm going to be pounding Uber. Um, money line there at minus 270. Next, we're going to move on to Tyson Pedro versus Anton Turkaj. This one's a dog fight. I am so excited for this fight, actually. This is one of my favorite fights on this card, and I'm going to let you know why, all right? So Tyson Pedro, he's 9-4. However, he has never won a decision in his life. Not in his life, sorry. In the UFC. He's never won a decision. He has four knockouts and five wins by submission. He just came off of a pretty rough human, unanimous decision loss. Uh, he's 31. He's 6'3". He's got a nice 79-inch reach, and he's a very scary grappler. But the thing is, once he gets you on the ground, normally he's not going for those submissions. Normally, he's just going to get there, and he's just going to pummel you, and then he's going to go for that submission. Very, very smart. Um, 
almost Habib-like, but scary guy nonetheless. Anton, on the other hand, he's coming off of two losses. However, he does have five knockouts and two submissions. And yeah, he's slightly younger. He's 27. And while he might be an inch uh, taller, he's got an inch shorter of a reach, which is kind of ironic. However, Anton does have very, very good striking. He is young and fun and very, very entertaining to watch. He's an aggressive fighter, too. You know, he's not one of those guys that's just going to stand back and wait for you to come to him. No, he's going to be the one pushing the pace. He's going to be the one coming up to you in your face, not letting you rest. This is going to be a very interesting fight, though. Okay, Anton, he can keep a gnarly pace for the entire duration of a fight, and I'm really just not sure if Pedro can keep up. Uh, Pedro can also end this fight with one shot, though, which is always kind of scary, okay? Uh, there's been so many times where just that one-shot power changes everything. I always look at Zhang Wei Li versus Rose Namajunas, you know? That one-shot power, that's all that it takes. It doesn't matter what the line says. If you get a good shot in there, game, you're done. You're getting your hand raised. You might even be getting that belt. Not here, but you know what I'm saying. I'm a little skeptical here just because of that. The odds are extremely thin, though. Pedro is a slight underdog at minus 105, while Anton is the um, minus 115 favorite. And, you know, I had to think about this one long and hard, but I'm going to put my money on Anton. I really just feel like that striking power and that mix of pace is just going to be too much for Pedro to handle. But again, this is one of those fights where, like, there's no clear cut winner here. There's no giant favorite to really base anything off of. This one is definitely a riskier bet just because of how close the line is and their fighting styles. And quite frankly, we haven't seen much of them um, with their fights. So it's a little interesting here. However, I am going to be riding with Anton for my bet when it comes to Saturday. That next fight that we're going to be diving into is Justin Taffa versus Austin Lane. So this one's a little interesting. Okay, these boys were supposed to fight a few months back. Uh, we got about 30 seconds into the fight, and then Tafa, he got a wild eye poke. He was pretty concerned. He thought he might lose his eye. Fight gets canceled. Um, they just decided, okay, let's run it back. So the Australian native, Justin Badman Tafa, he is coming into this fight at 29 years old, and he's 6-3 and three in professional fights. Now, honestly... This card is a little weak in this area. Now, I understand, you know, you're down in Australia. You want to promote all the Australian fighters that are pretty young. But this is a fight between a guy who has nine professional fights and a former NFL player. Just let that sink in. This is not your normal fight. However, however, let me just set the stage for Justin here, okay? This is just a crazy moment for him, though. You know, being on that main card, headlined by someone that Australia has been proud of for years, and to be quite frank, will be proud of him for years. Um, you're on that card. You're on the main card, even. And you're fighting in front of your hometown fans. This is just crazy, especially with how young he is. Great for him. This is going to be an incredible moment. However, the opponent, Austin Lane, he's not a cakewalk of a fighter. Okay, uh, he's 12 and three and he is older. He's 35. He's got that six inch height advantage and another scary six inch reach advantage. 
And I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. You know, Lane used to play in the NFL. He's quick and he loves to throw a flurry of quick punches before getting out of there. You know, uh, he's got great striking. However, he does prefer to grapple. Tafa, however, he's also a very good striker. And he's got a granite chin. You know, when he throws the leg kicks, they tend to work. However, he hasn't always been throwing those leg kicks. So you don't really know what he's going to do. I really think that the leg kicks would work in this fight, though. You know, if he throws a plethora of them, you know, breaks those legs down, I kind of like him to win there. You know, Tafa's a big favorite at minus 220. And I really think I'm going to take, I'm going to ride with Tafa here. Okay, that youth, the chin, and the crazy power that he has, it's dangerous, especially if he can use a lot, if he can utilize those leg kicks. I really think that he's got a nice shot here, but I'm going to get a little risky here. I think that Tafa wins this by knockout, okay? These are some big boys, y'all. These are some big fellas, and with that power and that speed by Tafa, I kind of think that Austin Lane is going to wake up on the canvas. Now, with this, we're going to skip over the third fight on the main card just because there was a replacement fighter on there. I didn't think it'd be fair. So, from there, we're going to Tai Toivasa versus Alexander Volkov. All right, so Tai Bam Bam Toivasa, the man was swinging and banging. He is one of the biggest, youngest fan favorites that the UFC has to offer right now, Okay. Um, he is very, very popular. He's from Australia, so he'll be fighting in front of his home crowd. If you're watching this fight, just fully expect that place to erupt when he's there, okay? He is going to come out, and you are going to see the roof come off this place. Uh, for a heavyweight, Tai Tuivasa is incredibly fast. He's a big dude, and he's got some power, too. He's got really solid leg kicks, just like we talked about with Tafa. When he decides to use them, they are great. However, he doesn't always use them all that much, which is not ideal, but I really hope that I get to see him use it again, you know? And we've seen this guy take some shots, man. He has been rocked before. He's got a cement chin. However, we are starting to see some cracks in that cement, Okay. Uh, throwback to when he fought Cyril Ghosn. I mean, granted, he didn't lose that one by knockout. But Cyril rocked him. He just rocked him in there. And granted, Cyril's got a lot of power. But still, I mean, you can only take so many of those shots in your career and still maintain that granite chin. All right. Um, and then also his takedown defense, just not great. Okay. Uh, he really needs to improve on that. And coming into this fight against Alexander Volkov, that's something that you really got to focus on, okay? Now, Alexander Volkov, he's a very, very balanced fighter. In my opinion, Alexander Volkov is kind of like the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division of, okay, who is going to be a superior heavyweight? Who's going to be in the top half of the rankings? Who is not going to be in the top half of the rankings? Beat me and find out. That is his position. Because quite frankly, I do not see Volkov ever becoming champion. I don't see it happening. As much as a balanced, technical, smart fighter he is, I just can't see it happening. Especially with his age. 
Now, with as balanced and technical as he is, he is not as dangerous as Ty. We have seen Ty take down some big fellas just with a few punches. Derek Lewis is an incredible example. Ty Bam Bam Tuivasa knocked out Derek Lewis. Still breaks my heart a little bit. That was when I really found out who Ty Tuivasa is, and I have had him on my radar ever since. Now, going into the odds for this fight, Volkov, he's a pretty moderate betting favorite. You know, he's minus 250. However, as I mentioned earlier, especially in this division, heavyweight, anything can happen, okay? With guys that are that strong and that big, one shot, and you might be in the hospital, okay? Anything can happen with guys that big. However, I'm going to have to go with Volkov here just because of how technical he is. We've seen Volkov in these longer fights. We've seen him dismantle people. We've seen him make these mid-fight adjustments. And I really think that he can pull this off against Ty. Now, with this fight in particular, just because Ty Tuivasa is on there, you're going to see a lot of people hitting that Ty Tuivasa bet. Just because A, he's the underdog, and B, it's Ty Tuivasa. C, they want to see him do a shoey if he wins. Okay, I mean, granted, I know that I'm putting money on Volkov, but it would be pretty cool to see the Australian guy hit a shoey in Australia on a main event card. That'd be incredible. That would be, yes, my UFC moment of the year. However, I still got to stick with Volkov here. Now, for the main event, we are going to look at Israel Adesanya going up against Sean Strickland, which, honestly, this is the biggest letdown on this card, okay? I really wanted to see Dreykus Duplessis on this card. I was begging for it. So let me fill you in for those who don't know what we could have had, okay? Um, so let's see. Back on that 290 card, uh, headlined by Volkanovsky, Dreykus fought Robert Whitaker. Now, the big rumor going on at the time was that the winner of that fight would get a, t- a title shot against Izzy. And everyone was taking Whitaker, including myself. You know, um, Whitaker, he had been... He had fought Izzy before. He had lost twice. However, he was one of the few people. He was the first guy to make Izzy look human before Alex Pereira. Before Potan did it, it was Robert Whitaker. He made him look human and arguably won that second fight. So everyone was saying, oh, yeah, Robert Whitaker is going to do this. You know, it's going to be another like Max Holloway Volk situation where that one guy always makes it to the champion. Then he loses and whoops everyone else. Right. So we get to the fight. Dreykus knocks him out. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Robert Whitaker's got a chin, man. He's got a chin on him. He can take a shot. And Dreykus Duplessis sleeps him. So that was a huge event to start with. Everyone already knew, okay, Dreykus gets a title shot. You know, you beat the gatekeeper of the division, you get to fight for the belt. So... Dreykus, if you don't know, he's South African and he's white. And so, you know, a lot of people were saying before the fight, like, oh, like, you know, if he ever becomes champion, like he'd be an African champion. So Adesanya, he's black if you didn't know that. But anyways, he comes into the octagon after the fight 
just for like a little fake off and some trash talk while Drikas is doing his post-fight interview with Joe Rogan. And during this, we started to see a little bit of beef. We started to see a little bit of beef. And I love that, okay? So Adesanya starts off by saying, and I quote, this is my African brother right here, end quote. And then he starts saying numerous phrases that Drikas cannot say. And Drikas, he kind of just stood there, kind of just, you know, waited for Izzy to finish. And then he hit him back with a line that was kind of cold. I'm not going to lie. He said, I may be African, but I am no brother of yours. And so that started the beef right there. That happened. Oh, I was watching that fight with my boys and we just knew like, okay, all right, we got a big fight coming up. Like, let's go, baby. And I was ecstatic. So that fight set up honestly would have been just incredible. You know, very entertaining. Would have sold very well. That in the press conference. I mean, Israel Adesanya, he's almost like Henry Cejudo in the fact that he's pretty cringy sometimes. But I actually would have watched that presser, to be honest. So, things are going. Drikas gets hurt. And so Drikas has to pull out of the fight. Adesanya says, no, I really want to fight like in Australia because that's where my gym is at. I want to fight in front of that. So he decides, okay, just throw someone there. Throw anyone there. He had Sean Strickland. Now, I kind of understand this one because Adesanya and Strickland have a little bit of a past. You know, like they were talking crap back and forth at one of the pressers. Uh, I think it was that press conference right before he fought Pereira for the first time in the UFC, right before he got slept, if I remember right. So they were talking back and forth. You could tell that Sean was really getting under his skin. And so I understand the matchmaking there. However... Looking at this on paper, I really don't like this fight. I really don't, especially as a main event. Because, guys, boys, you know, as a headline, UFC 293. Like, I understand, you know, Izzy wants to fight for that, but we couldn't have given him a better matchup. I mean, here, let's look at Adesanya's track record so far. Let's take a look. This man is just coming off a huge knockout against Alex Pereira. The man with fists and a chin from Easter Island got slept. Okay? He just got his revenge. He has made Robert Whitaker look human multiple times. And by multiple, I mean twice. He has ran through the division. This man is a dog. Okay? He is technical. He is strong. He is smart. He's fast. He has incredible defense. And he rarely gets taken down. You know, he used to be a kickboxer. He was an incredible kickboxer. Came to UFC. And he has been running the show ever since. Except for that brief that brief little period where Alex Pereira decided to bully him. He's been running the show. He's a great guy. He's been doing this. And he gained that reputation that I just said, you know, the great defense, um, not getting taken down, being smart, being fast. He's done this all against the best guys in the division. He's been doing this for a minute. Then we go to Sean Strickland. My most memorable Sean Strickland moment, there's two of them. Him getting murked by Alex Pereira and him making fun of Israel Adesanya at the press conference before Alex Pereira knocked out Adesanya. That is, 
Oh, you know, look, in Sean's defense, he's a very, very good boxer. He's a great, solid striker. He's got dang good cardio. He is tough, too. You know, that man is like a 98 Honda Civic. All right. That man just keeps on trucking along even when it shouldn't. And, you know, I just realistically, the stars need to align if Sean wants Uncle Dana to wrap that belt around his waist on Saturday night. I just, I don't see it happening. You know, he's got too many flaws. You know, he's too slow. He's got that weird stance, which might throw Adesanya off to start with, but I I don't see it happening. I really don't. Um, Right now, Izzy is a minus 650 favorite to win, but honestly, I think that's a little low. Honestly, he should be more like, Minus 850, minus 950, not minus 1,000, okay? He's not Shevchenko going up against everyone, you know? But still, so I'm going to make things a little bit more difficult on myself here for this bet, all right? I said that I'm going to take Izzy to win by decision at plus 130. And Izzy has said himself that he's going to try and knock Sean out because he wants to do a TikTok over him when he's knocked out. Yeah, that's Adesanya for you. The king of cringe. Um, no Henry Cejudo. Anyways, so that is my predictions for it. Now let's take a look at this parlay that I've got. So as a close friend once told me, life is too short not to make a parlay. So let's do it, okay? I'm Just like I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. So on this parlay, we have Uber winning at Moneyline, minus 280. We have Anton Moneyline at minus 115. Tafa to win by knockout or TKO at minus 160. We have Volkov winning at minus 250 and Adesanya winning by a decision at plus 130. All this combines to make a relatively safe parlay. You know, the only uh, parts in this parlay where I can really see something else happening would be Anton Moneyline at minus 115 just because that Pedro fight is going to be really interesting. Um, I could also see Tafa winning by a decision. So that one's a little iffy. And then also Adesanya winning by decision. Those are the three that are the most risky. But Uberg and Volkov winning, that's pretty darn safe in my opinion. However, these all combine to make a parlay with plus 1,228 odds to hit. So meaning if and when I put my $1 down on this bet, yes, $1. I'm a broke college kid. When I put this $1 down, if and when it hits, because I got a little bit of confidence here, I'm going to be making $13.28, you know. I'm going to be calling my girl up after that, just like, hey, like, let me spoil you, you know. Let me get you an Arizona tea or something. Now, with all that being said, that's really all that I've got for you guys. Um, this upcoming card, it's going to be very fun. It's going to be a little interesting, you know. Again, injuries just kind of messed a lot of stuff up, and... We've been blessed by cards this year, but this one just really isn't the best, in my opinion. However, I would like to thank you all for joining me for the ride. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Go cheer on whatever fighter you want. Make those parlays. Be safe. Make smart financial decisions. But go out, have fun, tip your server, and Godspeed.